What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The illicit tales of illegal street racing aren't just legend now. They are now corn combines of cash garnering machines inside of today's Hollywood offerings. Did you know that back in the 80s, there was another tale of illegal street racing, action, and death? All because of a cursed silver chain, a blank car key, and a jet black Camaro. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 10, Night Hunger. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, some quick housekeeping. Do you know this John guy? When I say the words John Delamay, what comes to mind? Well, I would immediately go to, oh, he's one of the stars of this show, Friday the 13th. He is one of the stars of this show. He's also someone who has contacted us via our website. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This is about a a couple of months ago now, as we record this podcast, that we got an email. And I always love telling the tale because it's a fun one. For those that are completely unfamiliar, when you go to our website and submit a contact form to us, and by the way, thank you to all of you that do that. Oh, yes. Uh, when you drop us a contact form, it takes all of the information that you have, puts it into a format for us, and then sends it to us so we can read it and revel and continue doing our podcast. It's how it works. And a couple of months ago, we got an email out of the blue, uh, no particular reason, and in it, it states... Paraphrasing here, but... Love the show, find it well-constructed, it's always fun to walk down memory lane. And we're like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. Finally, somebody who enjoys the show instead of uh, all all of the hate emails that we get for, (laughs) you're not pronouncing the names right, because we're not pronouncing it with the French-Canadian accents. (laughs) Pardon us. Whoops, sorry. A few days go by, and I look at the email again, and I'm noticing that it's from... John LeMay. <laughs> so I contact Mike, and I'm like, do, do you realize that the email that you sent me that we got a couple of days ago is from supposedly John LeMay? And we're both like, no, but maybe, but no. 
Because we just couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe that yeah. the star of the show was actually listening to our program yeah. and then took the time to actually send us a note saying, hey, found the show, think it's enjoyable. Fast forward a couple of months here, and after a recent hour-long phone call with John, what what an absolutely tremendous bloating of our egos we have. <laughs> it, it, it is tremendous to hear not only from people that like what we're making, or it can give us feedback in either direction. It oh, doesn't right, make yeah. difference. We love to hear from anybody, but to hear from someone that was in the show and to to know that we're we are literally flipping the nostalgia trigger for someone that was in a show. Yeah. It it is so gratifying. And to uh to have been able to talk to John and get his thoughts on his life and his acting career and and the details of what he gathers every time he listens to an episode is really, really just the pinnacle of mm-hmm. why I podcast. Mm-hmm. It becomes another piece of the legacy that I know I'm laying down. More importantly, we are excited to have John on the program to review a series of episodes that he appears in inside of this program. We'll have some more details about that, but I wanted to say thank you to John LeMay for reaching out to us, but more importantly, for creating a character that endures inside this series. Charger Forward. For those that don't know from the incredibly descriptive title of this episode, (laughs) it is about a car. And boy, have I got a car story. None of you know this, but in February this year, my car was totaled by a woman that ran into me while I was sitting still from behind. We had just paid off the car three weeks earlier, so in addition to having my car destroyed, being sent to the hospital, and hey, by the way, it's time to have a new car payment. It was not a fun time. What was a fun time, though, was the hunt for a new vehicle. Mm -hmm. My wife and daughter and I engaged in probably the most interesting search I can remember the three of us embarking on, and we finally found a conveyance that has just been a piece of gold inside of our family history. The vehicle in question is a 2018 Dodge Charger RT. And for those that don't know, this is essentially a muscle car with four doors. Mm. And so it's, it's a wonderful ride. It, it has all the engine that I will ever want. It has all the space that my family will ever want and or need. And it is singularly impressive to look at as a stock vehicle. Now, typically when people get a vehicle like this one, they are very quick to then modify it or mod it. Mm -hmm. And the funny part of what our experience will be is that I'm not going to mod a damn thing on my vehicle at all. Right. It is collectively gorgeous and serves the purpose of what we are using it for, which is one of the two weekend days of each week, we will pick a day, we'll pick a compass direction, and we drive. And those stories and adventures and memories are being crafted into an effort called Charger Forward, which all of you can learn more about over at ChargerForward.com. I would love for all of you to go and like that effort, but more importantly, chime in on the existing photographs that are there, the videos that are available, but more importantly, the audio podcasting that's going to be coming in the new year that follows everything that we're doing there that really is finally the pinnacle of Mike Wilkerson family legacy to add on to 15 years of Mike Wilkerson podcasting legacy. It's going to be so incredibly fun. Be sure to check it out over at chargerforward.com. 
All right, enough with housekeeping inside this episode. It's time for the retelling of this episode, Season 2, Episode 10. Night Hunger. A kid named Mikey is playing baseball on a diamond in flashback mode. The pitcher smiles. The coach initially fosters a long success. You can do it, Mikey. Go get him, Tiger. The pitcher sends it and... Strike one. Strike two. With each successive strike, the vocal inserts become pointed and ill-willed. You suck. What are you, sissy? Don't you dare strike out, Mikey. And Mikey at the plate. He strikes out. The coach burns a hole in Mikey's soul with the subsequent verbal barbs. You failed me as your coach. You failed me as your father. And you failed me as a human being. Flash forward to a man riding a motorcycle who is being tailgated by a jet black Camaro. Those zany jet black Camaro drivers. The chase is on, as is the 80s generic music soundtrack. The music speaks to my soul, Mike. It burns a hole in mine, Nick. And the Camaro runs the motorcycle off the road. The driver exits his vehicle. He walks up to the now broken rider and smears a key through the blood running down the face of the now dead rider and walks away. Mikey, now all grown up, has been a bad, bad boy. Later that evening, it's time to race to get even more fast and furious for pink slips. Mikey's in his jet black Camaro versus some other kid in some other muscle car. Names are not important because they all look the same. They do look the same. And vroom! The key around Mikey's neck is inserted and, when turned, ignites with a devilish glow. The race begins, and the street is alive with dust, rubber, and memory-soaked tales of the past. Don't you dare strike out my failed me as your father! You suck! The two finish the race with Mikey in front, who now requires that the keys be turned over to him after the win. But wait, a flag has been tossed, and the driver thinks that Mikey has cheated! After a bit of fisticuffs, Mikey takes the keys and heads into the night in his winning jet black Camaro. Back at the Curious Goods antique shop, Mickey is complaining. Jack is amazing and filled with action, and Ryan is hawking wares to everyone who will listen. It's the annual clearance sale at the Curious Goods antique shop. All not cursed items, 50% off, and come with a free authentic Jack Marshak man of action hat. While supplies last. A familiar face to the trio comes into the shop. His name is Dominic, you know, from the hardware store next door. He's looking for a birthday present for his son, Mike, a.k.a. Mikey from the front end of this episode. I'm looking for a birthday present for my son, you know, Mikey. His whole life is cause, so let's see what can be found. Apparently, Mikey visited a lot when Uncle Lewis ran the place. As Jack checks out the back of the shop's specials, Mickey and Ryan quickly peer into the manifest to see if Mikey's purchased anything. Nothing there! Later that evening, Mikey is hunting for another trophy and finds Deacon, the black man in the white outfit. It's time to race! Out on Quarry Road! Oh, who's this? Hey, it's Mickey and Ryan! Still racing, Mike? I sure am. Tonight, by the way. 
even though we barely know each other, we were wondering if, since you spent a lot of time as a boy in the antique shop, if you ever bought anything from our Uncle Lewis. He hasn't, but hey, it's time to head for racing. See ya! Later that night, Mikey's dad visits Mikey's garage with a present. Unfortunately, the two are still estranged and haven't seen each other since his mother's funeral. You see, it's all about respect. The discussion turns into an argument, during which Michael reminds his father about a key, a blank key that was given to him way back. Anyway, it's almost time for another win. So it's time for Mikey to go a-killin'. He runs down yet another teen whom he's already seen and taken their car, and once again dips the key into the blood of his most recently run-down victim. Mickey and Ryan are poring over documents discussing hit-and-run deaths and black car sightings. Anyway, enough about that now. It's time to process receipts to potentially find more clues to the mystery. Ryan grabs the rolls. The Benz. Oh, the Benz, sorry, again and heads to meet up with Deacon. They talk about Mikey racing and his father. Deacon explains to Ryan that Dominic was very hard on Mikey when he was younger and basically told him that a car equaled manhood. And since he didn't consider his son a man, he never gave him a car. Thankfully, Mikey got one immediately after his mom died. Speaking of Mikey, it's time to race again. Mikey lines up against his new rival and... The race is on! Ryan watches Mikey race and win again! Again, the call of cheating is called, but keys change hands, and Mikey tells Deacon, You're next! Ryan heads back to tell Mickey and Jack about the glowing car that won the race. They finally find record of a silver chain that was gifted. Ryan and Mickey head out to find out more information about what's going on. Back at Mikey's garage, Deacon arrives to find out what happened. Deacon is building something special and needs some help, but he won't get it from Mikey. Memories flash back again, and Mikey's father gave him a blank car key way back. Perhaps that's what started all of this. Funny thing about this whole situation, Deacon has no problem with Mikey. But because of his relationship with his father, Mikey has grown to resent Deacon with a passion. Mikey's dad heads back to the Curious Goods Shop to return the gift that he was going to give to Mikey. Jack strikes up a conversation and is curious huh, about how Mikey is doing and, oh, by the way, the chain that Uncle Lewis gave to you that you gave to your son, any chance of buying that back? Nope. It's with the key now and, well, that's that. Jack plans the next piece of the plan for recovery, and Mickey and Ryan find out that another death has occurred, and Mikey now has the dead guy's car. That's not suspicious at all. They find Mikey inside the man's vehicle and are trailing closely behind. Mikey is currently making a money swap for the car with another gent, and whoops, he runs him over too. Another street racer down. He tucks the body in a nearby vehicle, jumps in and drives away yet another car, leaving the jet black Camaro. Passing by, Mickey notices that Mikey is now driving another car headed in the other direction at night. Of course, who doesn't? Yes, this is all very confusing. She gives chase. Mikey realizes that he's being tailed and steps on the gas. 
Mikey drives off the road, into a forest, and is injured. The key around his neck strangely begins to integrate into his body, and time for a commercial break. Later at the local hospital, the Curious Goods crew and Mikey's dad are in the waiting room where they are shown x-rays, where they're shown a chain and a blank key wrapped around Mikey's heart? What? Best thing to be done now is to monitor his condition until more information can be uncovered. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm no doctor, but I don't think that's right. It's okay, they'll figure it out later when they're in the hospital. Oh. Later on, Mikey's father visits Mikey inside of his hospital room and begins a series of lamenting tales of guilt. I'm such a shit father. I'm a bum. I'm a bum. Jack, Mickey, and Ryan contemplate their next move. Back in the hospital room, Mikey's eyes begin to glow, and then he experiences seizures, and the jet-black Camaro begins a long-distance traveling session all on its own as Mikey cackles. (laughs) Lots of time passes. Three weeks later, Jack, Mickey, and Ryan still haven't found the car, and Mikey's been released from the hospital. Mikey hobbles up to Deacon with a cane and challenges him again to a race. Another flashback tells the whole tale. You see, Deacon, the black guy in the white suit, is the one who originally struck Mikey out back in the day and started the whole downward spiral inside of Mikey's life. The race is on! In three hours! Plenty of time to kill. Ha ha ha! As they shake hands to finish the deal, up pulls Ryan and pleads to Mikey's sense of common sense to give up racing the key and to not go looking for revenge. Revenge is going to work out real well, Mikey explains, as he heads back to his garage where (gasps) Mickey is waiting to meet with Mikey and the ghost car. Mikey's car revs to life and begins chasing Mickey through the garage. Luckily, Ryan is able to do a drive-by rescuing and they escape. Mikey's dad has witnessed this all. Mikey's dad wants to know how Mikey was able to make the car drive remotely. It's all about making my dad feel small, stupid, and tonight I'm going to beat my pop and Deacon. Mikey's car drives up to collect him and the two depart to travel into a dark and bloody history. Back at the Curious Good Shop, our daring trio are contemplating what to do next. Hey, look! It's Mikey's dad again. He's asking for help. You see, Mikey's on a hell-bent revenge trip against me and Deacon. He tells them all about the blank key, and with the addition of the silver chain and Mikey's dad's experience, it's transformed him into a sour, hell-bent driving killing machine. It's time for the final rally of this episode! Mikey's eyes glow like the car as memories of days long gone by fester in his mind's eye. Time to race! Deacon and Mikey begin the race. In the middle of the race, Mikey's dad, in a truck, initiates a head-on collision, thereby killing Mikey, himself, and the potentially stacking damage and any interesting storytelling and suspense that could have been amassed inside of this episode. (laughs) All right. Great job. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, please, give me more. Great work, Friday the 13th. Some days later, as Mickey and Jack are coming down the staircase in their funeral best, as, what's this? Ryan has recovered the silver chain and blank key and is polishing them up after 
recovering them from the charred, burned-out hulk of the not-yet-crime scene where Mikey and his father burned to death. Awesome! Great work! Shortly thereafter, Ryan stores the key in the vault, thereby making the cursed object... Recovered! Every episode of Friday the 13th includes goods and bads. Let's get to the listing of the good. The core of the story. There's a lot to like here inside the core of the story. Oh, yeah. You've got a father. You've got the expectations of a father. You've got a son that is not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. You have the impact of ineffective parenting. Right. You have what initially looks like a cursed car, which is always hot. Uh, Christine. How, how many how many different car movies have there been where there's a cursed vehicle of some kind? Right, right. That's awesome. Y- you mix in that we know that there's going to be something that is cursed inside the episode. We just don't know what it is yet. And there's almost kind of a, a rope-a-dope in that is it the key that's being pulled through the blood of dead riders and or racers? Mm. Or is it, eventually, we find out, the chain? Well, see, that's the weird thing about it. It's the key that gets dipped in blood, but it's the chain that's cursed. So it's it's a little confusing. And then, you know, later on in the episode, things go off the rails, but we'll get to that stuff later. Yeah. Uh, but going back to the core of the story, the thing that I think I, I enjoyed the most about it is the psychology of it all. Mm-hmm. The sins mm-hmm. of the father visited on the son. Product of environment. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I'm sure that Dominic had a very demanding father and a hard childhood when he was a kid. Likely. He then took that and used what he learned from his father to be a father as well. And that's the wrong thing to do. You do not build somebody up by tearing them down constantly. Yeah. And to see this happen through the flashbacks, and all of the flashbacks in this episode were black and white, so again, appreciate the use of black and white for flashbacks, because they, they've used it a lot for this show, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like sepia tone. And it's not just black and white. They, yeah. they did something a little bit different with this version. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they grained it up a little bit, which made it look even more striking. Yeah. To see how children can be and are molded into people, into adults, by the attitudes and love or lack thereof of their parents, this is a perfect example of that. Motives for killing. I've never been ashamed of telling people that when a program is willing to just go and murder people, to build the, the you know the unrelenting storyline of murder. Yeah. Well, we are talking about something very very dark here, mm-hmm. and so the willingness to hey look a dude that's just coming to give money for his car because he wants his car back. Okay, well run him over and kill him. <laughs> okay, well they did it. <laughs> as simple as that sounds, like it's a no brainer or th- there'd be something else to do. It really is effective inside of the storytelling cone. Yeah. And I, I love it when a show will bother to do that and not be apologetic for it. Mm. You see, and, that and that's all what this show this does. Yes, this show, the majority of the villains that we get for for the episodes are unapologetic. Yeah, because the cursed item allows them to get what they want, and to get what they want means murder. 
okay. Well, it, it makes perfect sense after everything Mikey's father put him through as a child, specifically pitting him against young Deacon. Deacon's better than you. I wish you were like Deacon. Deacon's a winner. Now you've got somebody that you have spent your entire life mm-hmm. trying to please, yet keep failing to. Yeah. And the person that, that, that your father has compared you to all your life. I can totally understand Mikey's motivation. It's okay. I have to beat Deacon to show my father that, yes, I am good enough. Mm-hmm. Therefore, finally winning at life. Yeah. Well, if I have to kill some people to do that, so be it. Yeah. Yeah, the the so be it rug inside of this program's successful episodes, mm, yeah, is really titillating. Mm. It, I again, I like that unapologetic. Here it is. This is the way it has to be, and then the storyline that follows traditionally. Yeah. I like that a lot. A precursor for Fast and the Furious. I won't say that this is a one to one because <laughs> the, the, the Fast and the Furious franchise is so much more now than just a couple of cars and racing. It's, right. It's giant mega bucks casting choices. It's traditionally now, especially now, it's now become where it's a there's a theft involved, a caper, yeah, style thing. Right. And then the don't they have to save the world at some point in time? I I, 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 I don't know. It's actually come to where I don't enjoy the movies anymore because they're just too outlandish. There's no sense of common sense left inside of <laughs> anything that is Fast and Furious, regardless of what direction it goes. And so I'm I'm out. You know, I the first couple I think kinda had me, and then it all just kind of went off the rails, and I fell out. A lot of what you see here is. A lot of what goes on there, the difference is that there's no supernatural element inside of it. Oh, but there yeah. have been plenty of other things and movies and television episodes of things mm-hmm. that follow this this same pattern. And I traditionally like them. I like when they'll bother to take a vehicle and or the driver and twist it up quite a bit. And they do. No, oh, yeah. They, uh, they're able to take Mikey inside of this episode and definitely twist him up. And I appreciate it. The cool thing about it is, is that Street racing, illegal street racing, has been going on since cars could get over 50 miles per hour. I think when, it was going on before it. then. Oh, you think? You I think, think those I, Model Ts? You think kids get revved up their Model Ts? I, I think I think cavemen were running around in turtle <laughs> shells, dude. It's, okay. it's racing. But and, the, the cool thing about it, though, is is that this is something that is that is hearkened from every generation. Yeah. And we get a little slice of it here in, in the milk. 80s. Yeah. 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 I think the the story probably could have been a hell of a lot better had we focused more on the racing element. Yeah. And had it been a cursed car or something about a cursed car, mm-hmm. something that was attached to the car the, that the, was cursed. The fuzzy dice that would have been cursed. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Or a seat cushion. Because the, the key something. attached to a cursed chain and we still don't even know what the curse is floor mats right you know anything that is a piece of a car who knows yeah anyway the the gist here is that there are many elements that pop into here the most focused on which i is easily the street racing aspect that's where we ask you guys what did you find positive about this episode season two episode 10 night hunger let us know what you think by going over to our website that's curiousgoodspodcast.com Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Well, just like a silver charger, 
racing down the road. We have covered the goods, but now it is time to pull up in a jet black Camaro with the bads. The would have been a good score. This episode, uh, and it's it's one of the reasons why we had the uh, kind of connection to the Fast and Furious and the goods. This episode of Friday the 13th was trying to be something a little bit different. And when they can actually pull that off, it's great. Mm-hmm. But similar to some past episodes, when they don't pull it off, it's horrible. The one episode that comes to mind, Badge of Honor. Yeah. They were trying to be a 80s cop show. Yeah, crime drama. And mm-hmm. failed miserably. Yeah. This one here, one of the things that I appreciated right at the very beginning after our flashback scene is we get some 80s metal music. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, yeah, I can I can dig this. We're fast cars, fast life. We're going to have hard metal music. Yeah. Then we get to the halfway mark of the episode, and they're still using the, the music when when we really don't need to have music right here right now, guys. Oh, oh, 35 minutes into the show and we're 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 oh my god we're still using this music (laughs) pump the brakes on the heavy oh goody the episode's over and we're still using heavy metal music Mm -hmm. it was one of those things that less is more and it would have been a perfect score for this episode had they not been afraid to have some quiet moments where the soundtrack was concerned yeah and the fact that we constantly had the blaring 80s rock music going detracts from some of the other scenes that, frankly, you, you kind of need to pay attention to to understand what's really going on. Yeah, I agree. The music is something, especially in today's entertainment creation, is something that really can make or break a project. Yeah. There have been several films where I just want some quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need thunderous, popular, pumping music every single moment, right. every single day, during every single piece of intake. Yeah, if it's a I montage, I totally understand. But if it's a quiet moment between two people, we don't have to have a soundtrack. I, 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 We really don't. And there were plenty of times inside of this episode where I think that silence would have actually been, or even just the ambient sound being captured, would have been more engaging than mm. just... Pumping awesome, carific music from the 80s. Story takes a hard left turn. Oh, yeah. What yeah. the hell? I don't know. We start this episode off thinking one thing, and I'm like, all right, cool, interesting story. Let's keep it going. Where's this going to lead? Will we have any kind of closure for the father and son? Whoa, wait a minute. Car wreck. Why? Holy crap. Why is the key and the chain crawling into Mikey's body? <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't we know. We both looked at each other when that happened. We were like, but, but what? I, I, I don't. What is it my what what is it my brain is processing? <laughs> and I just I, I don't. When I don't know what to say, you guys know I'm, I'm very good at picking things that I like to say and, right. and to whom I say them to. And when I just go, uh, 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 <laughs> that's not a good I thing. have no response for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then as we continue, it, it seems that 
the chain and key have wrapped themselves around Mikey's Mikey's heart. heart. (laughs) Okay. And if we remove them, it'll kill him. Okay, so we'll just leave them there. Sure, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, Show me the hospital that will just leave a chain and a key wrapped around somebody's heart. And that's not where I'm going for care. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, not not going to that. That's <laughs> definitely getting one the, star on Yelp. Can you imagine the medical review of the place that leaves in a, a chain that's wrapped around someone's heart? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> medical journal, unchain my heart. <laughs> and then I think the biggest departure for this episode is it all of a sudden wants to be Christine. Wow. Because then Mikey has the ability to control the car, so now the car is moving yeah, I, I was waiting, by itself. I was waiting for the next part of the soundtrack to be something like a ripoff of John Carpenter's music right. when the car right. comes alive. Because it, there were, there were poor, yeah. especially when, it, when the car was chasing Mickey around, yeah. I'm like, this is Christine. Yeah. You're trying to be Christine. Yeah. So we start off with one story, and then about almost literally halfway through the mark of this episode it takes that hard left turn yeah. into where the hell are you going bill yeah. yeah and becomes something a little bit too over the top yeah supernatural-esque and and it just it, it derails the whole episode it really does it it's where it it's where the, what is cursed Literally has nothing to do with the car being impacted, except that it's now somehow connected. I, I, yeah, I just, it doesn't make I, any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And I, I really hated that. It was like the, 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 the writers decided, hey, you know what would be really cool? If we could get something like Christine. And the car drives by itself and he controls it. And that's what we get. That's, that's what we ended up with. And I'm like, no, no, sorry. No. Hated it. I kept expecting Mikey to look at the black Camaro and go, show me. Oh, just, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. <sighs> the end. And I say that with a very exacerbated sigh yeah. because. I will sigh with you. I don't care for that. W- w- what? There's absolutely no closure. It's like, I we don't know how to end this, so it's going to be a head-on fiery collision with the father and the son. Okay, I, I get their thinking of, well, let's see, the, the father cannot be redeemed because the father is responsible for turning his son into somebody who would end up with a cursed item and killing people to get revenge and be, you know, I'm number one, you suck, dad. So dad's got to die. Son's got to die because, well, he's the killer and he's he's bad news and he's got a cursed item wrapped around his heart. Right. But there's a better way of coming to that ending than head-on fiery collision with, with no words spoken between the two characters. It, it literally was like, it's like, oh shit, we, we got this cool car that drives by itself now, but how do we end this? What if they just ran into each other? Kaboom. All I can, all I can think of is like, uh, this is some dark perspective you're going to have to put yourself into here. If you knew that you had created a child based on your own bad parenting skill set that has now potentially killed people, that has now somehow harnessed the power of the supernatural to drive a car after people, how would you 
want to try to bring the end to that story. And so if the answer is I would get in a car and I would drive it as fast as possible to the front end of the car of the son that I parented to kill us both because I am a failure as is he and we don't deserve to live. Okay, I think mission accomplished. But I... uh, Storytelling-wise, I think it would be more interesting had Dominic survived to live with the fact that he had to put an end to his child. Yeah. Whether he gets blamed for it or or not, whether he goes to jail and rots and mm. is is left there with those that, memories that, of that this is what bad. I've done. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, is that where a morality story like this, because at the heart, all stories yeah. are really morality yes, stories. Yes, I agree with that. Where the, the, I think that the big point there is that there is no integrity left to be had by anybody mm. that's in the swing cone of what's going to happen. Here. Right. The uh, Deacon, De- Deacon is currently a misanthrope inside of the local society. Yeah, and so uh, who cares, right? Uh, and then there is nobody else because Mikey's murdered the rest of them, right? Yeah. So there's no one else to care about at all. And so th- that's kind of I think that's where Nick and I are going here. Is we we were looking for closure to a story that wasn't just I- I'm I'm not going to tell you that there wasn't a collision of those two vehicles. It just wasn't too big a collision. I think they put the two cars together and they set them ablaze. Mm. And again, I guess that's TV budget. Okay. Yeah. But if we're looking for the, the explosion and, and damage and carnage that's going to take out not only a cursed car, but a cursed dude. I don't know. It, it wasn't it. It yeah. wasn't it. I think I speak for both of us when I say we wanted and expected something a hell of a lot better than what we were given. Those were our picks for the bads inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you thought could have used a little bit more work. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, fill out the contact form, and let us know your opinions. It's time to take a break during this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We will be right back. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. 
Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and a complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 10. Night Hunger. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to share our manifest moments. A manifest moment inside the episode is where Nick and I review an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element inside the episode, or something else that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got? Well, I'm going to cheat. I'm actually going to steal two. <laughs> oh, my. Because one is so minuscule it had to be mentioned. All right. But it doesn't really necessarily, it, it doesn't add up to my main manifest moment. So the little manifest moment I'd like to put in there is the connection to Uncle Lewis. Mm. Just got to throw mm. that in there because... Yeah. It's it's cool to have Uncle Lewis back, even if it is literally one line of dialogue mm-hmm. that was, I'm, I'm sure, 80 yards somewhere, yeah. and then black and white stock footage of him cackling. cackling. Right. But that's all you need because that's how evil Uncle Lewis is. Mm-hmm. So yes, kudos to having a brief cameo of Uncle Lewis. My main manifest moment for this episode has got to be Ryan relating to Mikey. Mm. All right. It doesn't last long. Without without the murderous, vengeful rage. Well, yes, yeah. (laughs) When Ryan shows up towards the end of the episode to try to plead with Mikey to just give up the whole revenge business, he says, I didn't have a good relationship with my father either. Mm -hmm. Now, that's saying something. Yeah. Because, let us not forget, in season one's episode, Pipe Dream, Ryan's dad is using a cursed item. Right. To get what he wants and almost ends up, it almost kills Ryan in the process right. of trying to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. So, yes, bad relationship where fathers are concerned. And if you're not a faithful watcher of the show, you, you don't put that together. But if you know that episode and then actually put that to what Ryan is trying to convey to Mikey, give it up, man. I, hey, I had, a, I had a bad childhood, too. My father was a piece of crap as well. But it's not worth it. I like the fact that I, as a viewer, as an appreciator of not only the show, but the characters inside it, know that that little piece of character development for Ryan, I can now press on because, oh, wow, yeah, he didn't have a good relationship with his father. Mm -hmm. Listen to him, Mikey. He knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. I I like being able to do that, especially with these characters. Mm -hmm. And that is my manifest moment. I think that's a really good one. I I think the piece I take from this episode is the... Giving of a blank car key to a son. Holy cow. Man, if you really want to just bottom out your kid, there's the way to do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just, I mean, like, I, I wish there was some other thing I could say that would 
tell you how impressed upon that piece of this episode was. But I mean, it doesn't get any more. You're going to turn out just like this blank key that operates nothing. nothing. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Uh, super impactful moment. And again, it, it was one of the many pieces and building blocks inside the episode that led me to expect that there was going to be something else at the end of this episode that was just going to really chime in like a bell. Yeah. And I didn't see it. Yeah. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment inside of this episode? Let us know what you think by going to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what was your manifest moment for this episode. Vocabulary. Ah, vocabulary. Taking the words that appear inside of either this episode or our minds and impacting them on your brain. You're welcome. <laughs> Our first word today is key blank. Yes, again, the blank key makes impact here. And key blank, one word, is a key that has not been cut to a specific bitting. The blank has a specific cross-sectional profile to match the keyway in a corresponding lock cylinder. So that's key blank, one word, all lowercase. A very interesting word, and again, the concept that was expressed here, especially from a father to a son. Yeah. Devastating inside this episode. Our second vocabulary focus is actually a phrase, and it's... Racing for pinks. This is very interesting. There was actually a series, I think, on the Velocity Channel. Hmm. And I think it was just called Pinks. I didn't get it until I watched a couple of episodes, but that's exactly what it is. It's these two vehicles go to a real live drag strip and they race. And, and the, the loser end, has to hand over the pink slip to the winner? It's done. Oh, yeah. And, and it's very interesting. I think what I found the most interesting was the governing sections of like what can the cars do and how and how can it be affected inside of this race. Right. And so, again, Racing for Pinks, very interesting concept that I don't think is lost in today's society, but it's definitely inside of a seedier underbelly that isn't just, hey, it's Thursday, let's go race for pinks. Right, yeah. Uh, because it's a big deal. I mean, oh, It's uh, a huge deal, uh, Especially man. when you're talking about uh, specialty tuner cars. We're not talking about cars that don't cost anything. Uh, but we are talking about cars that are made by people with incredibly large egos mm -hmm. and different structures in confidence. And it's alien to me because I would not take Charger forward and race for a pink. No, no. You'd been, you would never put the eagle in that position. No, no, no not at all. You are correct, sir. hey -oh. What interesting vocabulary did you grab from this episode beyond our colorful inserts here towards the end of this program? Let us know what you think by going over to our website again. It's, say it with me, CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. .com. Fill out the web form. Tell us what you think. Episode rating. Ah, the rating inside this episode. Season 2, Episode 10, Night Hunger, of Friday the 13th, the series. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. A glistening silver 2018 Dodge Charger RT glistening in the evening sun. Hubba hubba. A 1 is on the other end of the scale. A jet black Camaro. Dripping with blood. 
Yeah, that's horrific. Everything starts at a seven is an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got? There is half of a really good episode here. Something that we kind of poked fun at here and there, but we never actually really dealt with is... Who named this episode? I don't know, man. Night Hunger? I don't know. All I can tell you is that after this episode going as long as it did, I'm hungry and it's almost night. <laughs> That's the only thing that has anything Luckily, relation. there's a Denny's. <laughs> yeah. They're it's, open all it's, night. It's the only thing that has anything to do with this episode, and I have nothing yeah. to do with the episode. Yeah, episode is not named properly, so there, <laughs> there's a big... That's a strike against it. The fact that we take a hard left turn halfway through this episode and it becomes something so alien to the front half that it derails everything for me. I mean, we I know for me, I can't speak for you, but for me, as soon as that happened, I'm like, okay, I'm no longer like really invested in the story now i'm just waiting for this episode to end yes because this is just ridiculous well yeah you're you're absolutely right there it's where you go how are they going to end it now right and and we get to that point it's like oh oh so that's that's the ending yeah not only do we just have this not so fiery crash but then we're also led to believe that inside the fiery crash the uh the body was so mangled that ryan was able to successfully retrieve said chain and key from the charred corpse of mikey without uh, any police involvement yeah i'm willing to take the disbelief pill for this show but there's not a disbelief pill big enough even if it was a suppository for me to be able to go okay i i guess i get what you're trying to do so for me my rating for this episode is a four that's brutal dude and I, I i know i don't mess around the concept that is kind of danced around inside of this episode was the episode I wanted to see. Yeah. I, I, as much as I appreciate them trying to take something as reasonably benign as a chain that you put a key on and making that the object, mm-hmm. and then the strange little rope-a-dope of it's a gift and so it wasn't on the manifest and blah, 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 blah. blah so we got to do blah, some more blah, digging. Blah, blah, blah. I, I get it. I even get the... Almost ham-fisted, don't be a dumbass parent and screw your kids up. (laughs) I mean, it's over the head, dude. Yeah. It's way over the head. The more you know. Yeah, may as well at the end of the episode. Or in the middle of the episode, before the fiery crash. (laughs) The more you know wouldn't be okay, so I guess I'm going to go head-on collision into my, my terrible son. I wanted this to be something different. And as it glided towards that Valhalla of a cursed car, I thought, Mm, okay, so where is it we're going to go? And then the left turn. <laughs> yeah. And the, the left turn, the I, there was a whole bunch of stuff that happened, and I don't know what difference it made. What difference did it make that the chain is now somehow, it got into his body, and it's wrapped around his heart, as is the key. And so the what, what on, does it do for us? The what only thing, the story-wise, the only thing is, is that now they can't take it from him because it's, it's literally yeah. a part of him. But then I don't I understand I, the whole that, fact that he gets the to control why, the car. I, I, I don't get that. Though. Right, but then that's also the reason that Ryan has to go and extricate the key and chain from the burned-out hulk of the vehicle before the Excuse police Excuse me, there. officer, but I can know. I see yeah. the heart? <laughs> yeah. Hey, before you police up that body, 
I was wondering if you can go look at Elvis over there. <laughs> Something. <laughs> look I, over there. Very, right. very yeah. strange. And it's not that I require there to be a whole lot of common sense inside of the program. We are talking about cursed objects. I right. get it. Yeah. I get it. We're talking about the cursed objects that were sold inside of an antique store ages ago, and now everybody's going to pick them back up. I get it, guys. I don't need to know any more about that. But that makes no sense at all to me. And then the end. I, I was definitively looking for something else. The the fix, even if your son is accursed because of a silver chain yeah. that you gave him, is not to then kill him and you. I don't know. I, I, I was looking for something else, I guess. And so I have to shoot halfway for this episode because I think it, it did give me half of what I wanted. So a five. That's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 2, episode 10. Night Hunger. Let us know what you rated this episode by going to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you rated this episode. Another grand episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. And just to satiate everybody, because you didn't get really the car experience you needed right. inside of this episode, what I am going to do is I'm going to capture the throaty V8 goodness of my 2018 Dodge Charger for everyone. I'm going to go quick jump into my vehicle. Nick's going to stand here with one of the incredibly high-priced, expensive microphones oh, and yes. capture it all for you. All for you. I'll be right back. Car. He's uh, getting into position. Yep, yep, all right. Turning around. Uh, nobody here in the parking lot, just me. He, uh, oh, well, he's, he's, he's revving it up already. He's the, I, I assumed he was just going to pull up next to me and, and, and rev the engine, and why is he coming at me so fast? Uh, no, no, turn, turn, turn left. Turn left. I think I can taste my spleen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. The Curious Goods Podcast, Season 2, Episode 10. Night Hunger, which the name just has yeah, nothing to do with the I, subject matter. I was thinking matter. about that as I was sending this email, and I didn't even... That could be in the bads, frankly. What does this have to do with Night Hunger? Yeah, I, exactly. Get a sandwich. In fact, you read something that talks about a sandwich is it in a future episode? No? What? I no? thought you had read a... Okay, never mind. I think you're just thinking about that sandwich that I you saw on I Instagram and you can't yeah, stop thinking about it. I can't it. stop thinking about it. I can't. I need to know where that sandwich is located. <laughs>
Somebody put an APB out on that sandwich. It looks. You like, know enough cops. You can find. You, dude, it looks like them a, It looks like a homemade crunch wrap. It looks awesome. It does look tasty. Oh, cheese, yum. Later on, Mikey's father visits Mikey in bed and begins a series of lamenting tales of guilt. I'm sorry that just that line. Mikey's father visits Mikey in bed. It sounds like he's about to diddle him or something. <laughs> he may as well. He's already fucked up. <laughs>